Today's podcast is going to be another installment of the coaching series, and I am very excited about this one. We have a very interesting podcast. Dave came on. Dave is a trader. He works for a hedge fund. But the things that we're actually going to be talking about go so much further than just trading or working in that world. We're going to be talking about what happens when we don't focus on what we can control, how we can catch ourselves when we do that, and how we can focus on the right things to really help us win. We talk about what causes anxiety, what focus leakages we can block, and how we can really win big. His results also showed a week later, he messaged me that he had his best day in the past nine months because we were able to focus on certain things and eliminate things that didn't matter in his head. It's an episode that I think you guys are going to get so much out of, and I really appreciate Dave for his honesty, his vulnerability, and being willing for us to share this. So listen in, guys. It's a good one. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real-world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. All right, man. So talk to me. I saw the email, but talk to me. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, nothing really new. Uh, just kind of coming more to a boil, really. Um, you know, nuts and bolts of it is overall challenging market conditions that is kind of like, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, sail with the wind against you, which is just, you know, it can be frustrating and it to be, it's to be expected. And then I'm, I'm dealing with some other things that are outside of trading that aren't like, you know, are something, but they're not like, you know, major health complications or like anything going on with my family, like bad, but they're just distracting and uh kind of in the last few weeks i'm starting to like it, the two are kind of meeting in intersections kind of compounding the mental frustration now the performance is really kind of you know nosedive lately and yeah just kind of i, I feel like i've told this story to to ev almost everyone i know um and that hasn't helped so what do they say what do the other traders say because they're curious to hear what their perspective is on the challenging marketing conditions they're feeling very similar, um, very similar, at least guys that I know uh, that I trade and I know the way they trade is similar to mine. They're struggling. Um, and I think everyone just deals with it differently. And, you know, I think you could even see by the numbers, it's now I'm down about 130 on the year, which, you know, is it, it's it's not. It, it, it's nothing really in the grand scheme of things of like the, my career, at least of seven years of being at this firm, you know, I've generated between four and $5 million of profits and to have given back 130 in the last six months in a challenging market. I know they're not overly worried, which, you know, I think that is a bit of a, it's very unhelpful because like something in the back of my head is like, I'm like fearful of like, you know, going back to the original reason I was really interested in your work was like that fear of abandonment Okay, so first things first, coaching is a two-way relationship. Now, the reason you're going to see this coaching session was very, very productive was because of how vulnerable and honest Dave was. Yes, we did do some technical things here at the beginning to separate what do you think is going on versus what's actually going on, but none of that, all the techniques that I tried to apply wouldn't have mattered if he wasn't so vulnerable and honest and also aware of himself, saying, hey, I have stuff that's getting in my head. I have that fear of abandonment, and I think that's what's seeping in. So you'll notice throughout this episode of what you can do as someone who's on the other side of getting coaching, receiving coaching, to make the person who's coaching you be able to help you so much more. Let's dive back in, guys. Yep. Let me jump in here a little bit. Have you actually asked the your 
your boss or superior like what does this mean how like where because i feel like you're probably not very clear on how much wiggle room you had what's okay what's not okay and so far this is a really important question that i like to ask people is this just how you're feeling or is this actually how it is now that's really important for them to be able to take a step back and actually assess okay this is the real situation or this is just my fear of how the situation might affect me that's why first i stopped and said before we go any further did you actually clarify with your boss that this is a situation or is this basically how you feel about it? It's a really crucial question. Let's dive back in. Yes and no. Like I, I'm pretty close with my, my manager. He's a similar age to me. Uh, we started relatively same time, but he's been at this firm for twice as long as I have. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're close enough that I can have discussions like that. And, you know, as recently as Monday, just being like, he knows where I'm at. You know, he knows how I'm feeling. He's also like down on the year too. So it's like, he under, he really understands, you know, it's just tough right now. And, you know, in the, what he tells me, I don't get the sense at all. Like, like, oh my God, your rope is like only now getting like this far. Right. I, I, I know that, but at the same time, like, you know, they have, uh, well, yeah, to answer your question, like there isn't an explicit number. It's more what they're more worried about is like style drift and someone that's starting to do stuff that isn't what they normally do. Like, for example, I've lost. Let me talk like, about that. I get that. So yeah. here's the deal. Here's what I'm hearing from you. Have you ever heard the expression? Like if you try to get the medal, you'll miss the target. But if you try to get the target, you'll get the medal. Hmm, I haven't heard it, but yeah, I like it. It's a good one, right? It sounds like that's probably what's happening is you're feeling this pressure because of the numbers. So you're trying to go for the numbers instead of doing the right thing that will actually get you the numbers. Exactly. Like that is what's going on in the last three weeks. That's making me anxious, panicking. Yeah. Like that's what's different than the first six months of the year where I was just flat and like kind of doing my thing, but it just, you know. So what you're hearing here is a very critical part of the conversation. We're moving from figuring out what is actually the problem to understanding what it actually is. And it finally clicks for Dave. And if you're seeing this on YouTube, you can see him kind of look up with this like, ah, kind of vibe to him because he finally gets it. That the issues isn't his numbers. The issue is actually how he's approaching trying to get those numbers. And now that we figure that out, we can dive into that and start solving the actual issue at hand. So let's talk about this because what you sent me in the email was numbers. You sent me, these are the numbers. Da, 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 da. I'm obsessed with these numbers now. It's... You didn't you didn't send me this is how I've been operating and this is where it's actually been a flaw in how I'm operating. But, but the big thing to remember is like that's I think where you're getting things wrong. You're focusing on the outcome, not what you can control out of it. And that's why you also yes. I'm starting, I feel like you're going into this kind of downward spiral because yes. you're trying to control something you actually cannot control. Right. Which has to do with the markets, right? It's like the whole, like, we control what we can control, then there's the outside world as well. The more we focus on the outside world, the less we focus on what we actually can't control. So therefore, we're actually going to get a worse result. It's very paradoxical. But makes absolute sense. And yeah. yes, you're definitely striking on what the issue, or at least one of the near-term issues are and why that spiral, you know, I'm feeling that spiral. Whereas I had a similar drawdown earlier in the year, but it wasn't, it wasn't that like, um, obsessive results, just only caring about results and literally like, yeah, like I'm either super happy if the positions are up or super down when they're not. And like the other 90% of the time when I'm trading, you know, I'm not trying to like personalize it as much and, and yeah. not doing it. Remember what we spoke about last night about 
how we all want to have that delusion of control. It, it causes us to focus on the wrong thing. And right now you're focusing on the wrong thing. And that's why it's so stressful. It's like, cause A, you're focusing on the wrong thing that you can't actually control. So it's frustrating emotionally. And also technically it's going to get you a worse result because you're not actually giving your focus to what you can control. And like, what would have been like, let's put it this way. Who's kind of in a bad mental spot right now is going to send me an email with all the actual results. Who's in a good mental spot is going to send me an email saying, Hey, these are all the actions that I know I should be doing. This is what I'm doing. This is what I haven't been doing. And this is where I haven't been focused. And therefore, this is probably why these results happen. What do you think? Okay, so what I did here was incorporate a very powerful tool we use a lot. So it's very difficult for people to answer in the situation, in the moment, what should I do here? What's the right thing to do? But if they can have this image in their head of what's effective me and what's ineffective me, and simply ask, what would effective me be doing here? It's amazing how much clarity it brings. It sounds very silly, but it actually works. So in a lot of situations, instead of asking, what's the right thing to do here? Simply ask, what would an effective version of myself actually be doing here? And that's what I asked him in this conversation. If you focus more on being and trading the right way and like playing the game the right way and less so about the result, the result will follow. Right now, you only focus on the result and that's why it's causing this like sensation of mayhemming because you feel like I can't control anything. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And what compounds the frustration is I know what I should be doing. It's, it's not a lack of skill or knowledge of what needs to be done. So let's take a step back for a second. Dave literally just said, I know that I have all the skills to be dealing with this. Now, the reason this is so important is because we can now understand that this is a mindset issue. It's not a trading technical knowledge issue, but it's actually a mindset issue. And this is really important when I want to take a step back because a lot of times people ask me, how do I know if the reason I'm not succeeding is because of some technical issue or some technical skill gap or because of my mindset? And he just said it very, very well, that he knows he has the skill sets to achieve what he wants to achieve, but his mindset is what's holding him back. So now that we've addressed this, we can also dive into that and recognize, okay, there's no skill set. We have nothing to do with the markets, but let's just dive into you and how your thinking process is. What should you be doing? I should be, okay. So <clears throat> here's one example I talked about with my boss on Monday. Um, you know, our software where we're executing our trades, mm -hmm. uh, if you can imagine a ladder and okay. the price is in the center of the ladder, so I see these ladders and that's what I'm staring at all day. What I should not be doing is staring at the ladders all day. And I'm literally like staring holes through my you know, screen, staring at these ladders that are literally just in the environment where they're more likely to trick, deceive, confuse, frustrate me. And I know how that. Can you, how can you clarify that? How can you have a clear mental model? Like, How can you tell this is a situation where I should be looking at them and this is a situation where I should not be? Because I feel like what's probably happening to you is emotionally, you want it to be that kind of situation where there's volatility and then you can really look at it. So you're like, oh, maybe I'll just hopefully that'll work out. But what are the very clear like rules you can say, this is a bad time to follow these instruments or this is a good time? Yeah, so this is where kind of, I know my, the next progression of me as a trader needs to go. And uh, it's like you said, like I've built a career off of doing it that one way, right? Like trading volatility when there's volatility, making hay while the sun is shining. And then when times are like tough like this, just making sure I make it, I, I say, you know, you want to eat like an elephant, shit like a bird. Um, and <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's like we'll but, uh, a lot of food out, get it. And then make sure like you cap your downside. Yeah. But you know, where I'm going with this is I think the next progression of me as a trader and where Chris 
is and in in a way I know is the right path for me is that you know markets are going to always be changing conditions and to more look at it like a change in the weather and what I need to bring to that environment as opposed to just having that one mode so when things are like this I need to be closing my ladders looking at the charts on longer time frames. How can you know that? This, but again, the important thing is how can you know that at times like this? What could be the kind of flip, the switch that you can say, okay, now it's time to actually not focus on this because emotion you're going to be drawn to focus on that. So it could be yeah, this kind I of mean, like tripwire, so to speak. And I guess I'd say the most crude, easy indicator is to look at the VIX, the volatility index. I can tell you that there is a very tight correlation between my performance and the VIX level and also the rate of change of the VIX. So like, for example, the VIX has been ranging between like a low of like eight, like over the last 50 years, it's the lowest it can possibly get to upwards of 90 in very rare occurrences every decade. It's right now at 13 and it's been there for two months. And when it's below 15, I pro probably would be better off not taking risks. Okay, going. So this is really interesting. So now we're saying, okay, we have a clear measurement that yeah. when the VIX is below 15, that's when these charts can actually like they fool you emotionally. Now, an important thing to recognize is that I absolutely have no idea what the VIX actually is. The only thing I was looking for here is, is there some kind of clear benchmark, a number, for example, 15 in the VIX index that we can say, this is your line in the sand. This is a tripwire that you know that if it's above or below this, your actions need to change. Now, the reason this is so powerful is because when we're emotionally drawn to something and we want something to happen, we sometimes ignore a lot of warning signs. But if we can preemptively clarify that this is the warning sign that we have to stop, it can make all the difference. And even when we're in an emotional state, it can logically force us to see, okay, this is the line. I'm not going to go past it. So a really powerful thing for you to do at home right now is if you have any situation that you know you're emotionally, you want it to happen, but it's not really going that way, decide what's going to be your line in the sand. That if you cross this certain threshold, it's very clear, the clearer, the better, then you have to take a step back, pause and say, okay, we got to retreat, figure out a different way. They don't actually have volatility, but it kind of feels like you want to get in on the action. Is that yep. correct? Yeah. Great. So first off, that's really good. So that's, that's one way to cap the downside is to recognize like these are kind of boundaries that I set for myself preemptively. If the VIX is below 15, I don't follow the charts and trade with them. So first off, does yep. that make sense? Yes. Any questions about that one? No, I mean, I was hoping that it would have been that simple because we could get more complicated where you're looking at correlations, you know, between assets. Like when it's very, what was so great about last year was that uh, interest rates were driving the macro bus, basically. So mm -hmm. I'd watch the fixed income ladders and they'd be going down in price. And the weird thing, if you don't know finances, is if interest rates are rising, the price of those securities are going down. But now there's very little correlation between like currencies and equities and commodities. Everything's kind of floating on its own ocean. And like I said, those instances where I'm kind of getting really tripped up is when I'm almost hoping that the correlation is going to be at a higher level, yeah. but it's just not. And I'm, you know, getting in at the wrong spot and it's just not a good invite. It's the wrong weather for that type of style. I get it. Okay. Now this is another example where I have absolutely no idea what he's talking about with all the technical jargon. But the reason we actually wanted to leave it into the podcast was to showcase what I was doing there. Now, regardless of the fact that I didn't understand what he was talking about, I could see what he was emotionally processing. He was trying to explain to himself, oh, this is why I do this thing emotionally. 
And that's why I'm actually doing it. And it doesn't serve me. And it was something that he needed to actually say out loud in order to process so we can move on from that. And it's a really important thing, both for the coaches listening to this and the people going through coaching. You sometimes do need to give people that space to be able to say, okay, this is what was happening. That's why I was doing it. That makes sense to me. Now I can move on. It's a really powerful tool to give people that space to actually go through. Let's get back to the pod. Let's do this. Yep. Also, I'll say this because I don't have enough technical knowledge to actually know if anything here is correct or not. So we have one. You have a pretty good intuition about trading, I'd say. <laughs> I have a pretty good intuition about how you're, how you're working and that I try to make correlations, but not about trading. But I think what's really important is to figure out if like to follow up with your peers, people actually know this stuff. If the below 15 mark is something they'd agreed on. They're like, oh, this is actually a really good benchmark. We should actually adopt that ourselves. Like if you get that reaction from them, then we know, okay, this is actually a good measurement tool. Yep. I, I, I know they'd agree. Can you test it just to make sure? Because there is some emotionality yeah. here. Cool. So that's one. Let's talk about the next progression. So I'm looking at your sheet. The, the Your main focus for the next six months is slow, smooth, smooth is fast. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's accurate from what I'm hearing here. So just for a little bit of context, what we're talking about here with all the VIP clients, what we do is we want to make sure we're tracking them and debriefing and how they're succeeding or not succeeding. So what we do, everybody has a goal for the next season, their next six months, the things they want to focus on. Then in part of the tracker, we have layers of accountability, what are the things they should be doing? And also what will create psychological safety for them to really venture out of their growth zone into the very edges of their comfort zone? Because once you can give someone that psychological safety and a high level of accountability, they can execute at a really elite level. And that's why we also focus on what should you be focusing on executing for this next season? And that's what we dive into here. Let's get back to it. Like if we want to make sure that also you learn how to be better also, like let's say in like the snow games, so to speak, like in football, not just like when it's done, when it's, uh, when it's the sun is shining, it's like, you have to focus more on just trading correctly than the result. Well, I feel you're also fumbling great ideas because you're feeling anxious and you're operating from this place of like, just like jolting, like I need to do something to make up for this loss. And I think again, that the more you focus not on the, the result and numbers, but just on doing things the right way, you'll have a bigger sense of control. And that sense of yeah. control will create a sense of calm that can relieve a lot of that anxiety. Like I really, when I really like to take a step back, I think you're feeling really anxious because the thing you're trying to optimize around these external results with the markets are things you can't control. Of course, it's going to make everyone feel nervous and uncomfortable when they're like their fate is completely out of their control. But if you're saying the thing I actually want to decide is what I'm trying to optimize for is my behavior is how I'm operating in the market. That can give you a sense of calm because you know, you can do a phenomenal job every day. And like, especially with you, like you want to do a phenomenal job. You want to exceed, you want to be elite. And I think you trying to do that with something that you actually can't control, that's a lot more challenging. But if you just focus on what you can't control, you can go into work every day, like, okay, I'm going to be the best at focusing on what I can control. And I can be proud of that. That gives me a sense of peace, a calm. And I know that also, like we said, in the long run, me focusing on this and building up a system, a process, whatever, for these more challenging times, these lean times, overall, that's going to make you infinitely better as well with the five, 10 year trajectory. So this is where I want to take a step back and talk about what's actually impactful and what's not. So what he said here is I'm having some anxiety around this. A common way to say, okay, if someone has anxiety, let's pump them up. Let's add a better morning routine. Let's give them something to be motivated about. Let's give them a bigger why to grasp onto. What we're trying to do here is something very different. Instead of saying, how can we get you more motivated to overcome this anxiety? We're saying, well, why are you feeling anxious? Because you're trying to control something that you can't. 
So therefore, let's actually focus on what you can control. We're not trying to add more stuff to overcome his feeling of anxiety. But we're trying to remove the source of why he's feeling anxious. And the moment he can do that, you see, feel this kind of rational calm. And now we can really set toward the much bigger and better trajectory. So it's a really important lesson. When you're feeling anxious, instead of trying to say, how can I mask this by getting more amped up, doing more things, calming myself down, whatever it may be, think what's actually the source, what's causing my sense of anxiousness, and how can I actually figure out if this is a valid source or not and resolve that. That's what's going to give you infinitely better results for the long term and the short term. Let's get back to the pod. Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't be couldn't agree more because I haven't been ha having that mindset and I felt paralyzed to like follow through with these you know even this project gives me an insane amount of anxiety like this side project like yeah. i know there's not like like you're not gonna like do anything to me if i don't do it and like no one like but i i like i want to do it and move forward with it but it's just like paralyzed because i feel like i need to make sure the way i like trading and am good at trading in the past like I can't miss that. It's this fear of missing out. It's so unhelpful. And it's like the opposite, obviously, what needs to be done. It's beyond that. It's the opposite of where you're going, man. It's like the person you were is just like a stepping stone to who you're going to be the next round. And I think it's something you got to recognize. Now, this is a really important aspect of what's just happening here. What we just realized is that he's having a fixed identity. He's saying, this is kind of what it is. This is what I'm good at. And ugh, what I'm trying to say, I'm like, you got to shift your identity. You can have a growth mindset and say, this is who I was, but this is who I'm going to evolve into. And the moment I can accept that I can actually stack these things together and I'm not just fixed in my identity of what I'm good and what I'm bad at, that's when you give yourself an opportunity to go to the next level. So it's a really big thing. If ever you feel like you're frustrated because this is just what I do, step out of that identity that you hold for yourself and ask yourself, what's the next version of me? What would they be doing here? And when you can ask that, it shifts the entire dynamic and puts you in a position of power. Like it's your stacking skills. Like if you say you have, you already have a strong skill as far as trading during volatile times. What if you had a, and also had a strong skill on being able to trade decent during lean times. So that way you can always keep surviving. Like improve my life dramatically. Yeah. So think about it. It's not going to replace the, the way you like to trade. It's going to be an addition to that. It's not going to ruin your gains. It's going to cap your downside. Yeah, no, I, I totally am on board with that. It's just, you know, where you're going with like, you know, focusing on the process and what I can control is, is hopefully going to unlock the, the panic and paralysis I hope I have over like just falling through with what we agree with that. It's, it is the next progression. It is what I want to do and what I should do. But beyond that, I think it's what you can choose to take pride in. Like the, let's put it this way. What you're going through is very common. It's a very human thing. You want to control things. Probably every trader, almost every trader, unless they're very much on that like psychopath level, like they care about what's going on. What's the result? And they get distracted by that. The people who really succeed, they can just focus on what they need to focus on. And you can take pride in saying, I'm the kind of trader that's going to focus on what's within my realm of control. Because I know that the more I focus on this, the more the result will follow. And all the people that are just focusing on the result, it's actually not going to follow as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when I get hot and trust me, I can get really hot <laughs> in different things, but, you know, trading too. And 
that's just when I'm in that zone of like, just, I almost don't really care about the result. It's like right. I'm getting so, so much satisfaction and pride after like, wow, it's adapting like really well to like, especially challenging volatile conditions. Yeah. The results, the results follow for sure. So that's awesome. So first off, the, the reason that's so powerful is because you know that you already have kind of, let's call it um, evidence that when you yeah. follow the process and you just focus in on that, the results come. So now the discipline is about saying, I'm still going to do that even when the results aren't immediately showing because I know it's the right thing to do. So let's go into your, when we have your standard for the next six months, I think we need to change it. Instead of slow, smooth, smooth, fast, what do you think we should change it to? What should be your primary focus? What was um, what you had just said about being a trader who's like takes pride in uh, adapting or changing and progressing? So I, I'm not sure I said all the progressing, but basically you can, I can, I would say I can choose to be a trader who takes pride in following the process and focusing on mm -hmm. what I can control. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Yeah, I choose to be a trader who takes pride in following his process. Yeah, and following just like, and again, I'll say that this like this is how I look at it from the outside. The guys who are looking at the numbers, like let's say they they really want to get this bonuses here because they want to get a Lamborghini or whatever it may be. It's an external source of motivation. The person who's just saying I want to be a phenomenal trainer, trader, I just really want to get great at it. They have an internal motivation. They're going to win out. It's just what it is. Because these external guys, like when downtimes come and they always do come, they're going to get really shaken. And I think that's what happens to you a little bit. You got to refocus your source of motivation to an internal one. I think I just kind of had like a, a revelation as you were talking. That's so what I was kind of smirking. Go for it. Okay. So uh, there's a trading psychologist, this this girl or lady, Denise Shaw, who I've you know, yeah, worked with a little bit. Yep. She says that um, if you want to get out of a slump, you have to go back to when it started. I didn't really think I was in a slump. And I think I was just losing money, making money, and now in the last three weeks, losing money again. But if I really think about it, last year was my best year ever. I made money 11 months in a row. And in December, I was like, I don't know, like $80,000 shy of being up $2 million on the year. And, I, you know, it was somewhat of a goal. Stupid, trust me, I know. Yeah. And also that that goal of being perfect, like 12 months in a row profitability. And I lost like 60K one day, which is like more than I would typically lose on a day. And then like the next day I lost like 100K, which is like most I've ever lost in a day in my career. But, you know, it's coming after like an amazing year. So I'm like off like 150K from that 2 million mark. And I just kind of stopped for the year. And it was a bit of a bittersweet ending to the year because it was like, yeah, dude, you killed it. You had a great year, but you you had you had this goal that was was a goal, but it was kind of stupid too. And it made you reach and it made you I, the reason I lost that 60k and that 100 k is because I wasn't following the process. I was trying to get to that goal. Yeah. And basically that's when this slump started. And I'm realizing you're right. Like I had that process for like 11 months in a row and I was following it and just, you know, like it will always happen. My mind played this trick on me that I needed something else 
to not follow the process because I wanted this thing, shiny object, and started. You this wanted song. a validation tool. You looked at that yeah. two million as a as a way to validate you. That you're a phenomenal trader. There's no way anyone at the firm will abandon you because you're a superstar, and you focused on that. That's what it meant to you, probably. And again, that's why it caused you to to not follow the actual process, the thing that was helping you win. Totally. And I think it's really powerful because if you can be aware of that, recognize like, oh, one of the things, one of my biases, let's say it's like some people are over optimistic, whatever you say, okay, me, one of my biases is that I look for these validation tools because I think that's going to give me safety as far as the abandonment stuff. But that's something I really got to be cautious of because whenever I attach that meaning to something, that's when I just get emotional, go into it, and I don't follow the logical thing that I should be doing. So an interesting concept is the difference between being problem-focused and emotion-focused. When you're problem-focused, you're actually recognizing what is the actual problem here and what would be the best course of action I can use to actually solve it and get a better outcome. When you're being emotion-focused, you're actually saying, I'm feeling a certain way, and all of a sudden, all my attention goes to how can I not feel that way instead of actually what's the correct strategic thing to do. Now, Dave was an interesting spot here where he recognized he was using this as a validation tool for him not to feel a certain way. So all of a sudden, instead of focusing on what's the correct strategic thing to do, he was just thinking to himself, how can I not feel this way? And because he was thinking that way, he wasn't being affected. Now, a really powerful tool is to recognize where do you get sucked into emotional focused states? What are sensitive spots for you? For him, it was getting to a certain number that makes him feel like, wow, I'm gonna be amazing here. Everyone's gonna love me. There's no chance I'm ever gonna be abandoned by the firm or my bosses or whatever it may be. Now, the fact that he knows that whenever those issues arise, he can get to be in this emotion-focused state and he'll look for validation tools instead of what's the correct strategic path for him to follow is extremely powerful because he can be aware of it. So if you don't know where the areas in your business are or in your life that you get sucked into being emotion-focused because you need certain things to feel like you're validated, it's crucial that you get that. Otherwise, you can fall into a pit and you won't know why you're thinking about the wrong things and being ineffective because you're focusing on your emotions not the actual problems at hand. Let's get back to the pod. Like that's yep. a much more powerful, deeper tool than just the uh, 15 below the VIX index. Because that has a macro impact everywhere. Totally. And like, I haven't been following my process of doing my work weekly reflections over the last month. I've only done one. Um, it's just... It's just, I'm not following my process. And that's why literally I was like, I needed to reach out to you because I knew like, this was not going to go, this is not going to go well down this path. And again, I, I think it's the, the fact that you're not following your process is a symptom of what's actually going on. What's actually going on is that you've shifted away. You've shifted towards focusing on external results and external motivations instead of focusing on an internal motivation. Like I want to be the best trader possible. Okay, now what's really important to understand here, there's a difference between how you optimize to enjoy your life and how you optimize for your performance. So they're two very different things. I very much like to enjoy life. I buy a lot of expensive things for my dog. I have a very beautiful home. I like external things as well. Now, the difference is that you can't optimize your performance around trying to aim for those things. Because when you do that, you actually get confused. And so it's really important when you're optimizing your performance to focus on your internal state. How can you optimize for you feeling like I'm going to be the best performance possible because that's going to give you the external things in life that you can really enjoy and have a lot of fun with. That's where we're going there. I'm never going to say don't enjoy the external things in life, but the recognition is that the more you actually focus on your performance, 
the more of those nice external things, like really expensive things for your dog or a really nice home, you can actually get for yourself and those around you. Someone who wants to be the best trader possible, they would do their debriefs, their weekly debriefs. But someone who's focused on the result, they get frustrated at the result. And I think that's the thing. The more you can bring it in, again, like I'm not, that what we said in the beginning, that if you try to get the medal, you'll miss the target. But if you aim for the target, you get the medal. The more you go back to that, I think everything else kicks in. 100%. That's the thing, that, the thing that, like, that you have to accept that that's challenging. That's not natural. That's why these are kind of like quotes or whatever exists. Because it's not the natural tendency we all have. But that's where you can really choose to be an elite trader. And you can have a lot of sense of, like a big sense of pride in yourself. Because if you can do what most others can't, you're going to get the results. And you can have that sense of pride. Yeah, that's what made last year amazing. It was like, it was, I, I felt pride, a lot of pride, but it also like was amazing because it was like stress-free because like when I was losing and of course I lost, like it was on, it was the right way. It was yeah. just part of the statistical distribution of following this process this way. I know, you know, so yeah. So you said it the right way. And I felt like when you said that something, it was like, it had an, an emotional resonance there. So this is a very crucial part of the coaching conversation. We finally got into that point where Dave, instead of feeling upset and confused and anxious about why this happened in the past, he's back to a seat of power. We can recognize if I simply do these things and focus on what I can control, I can achieve the results. And that's always what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people back to what they control so they can focus all their energy and actually what they can control that can influence the outcome. It's a very powerful tipping point and it always should be geared towards that. How can we get people to do the most amount of effort on what they actually can control and not worry about things that are outside of the control and wasting their bandwidth on that? Let's get back to the pot. Would that be the standard for the next six months? Focus, just focus on doing things the right way and the results will follow. That's the standard that if you focus on that, like everything else kind of falls into place. I feel really charged up. <laughs> it's awesome, man. All right, so like, tell me your three main takeaways from here when we talk about today. Now, you can notice that I almost cut him off here after he's saying I'm all charged up and he feels excited. And I'm asking him, okay, so what are the main takeaways? Now, the reason I'm doing that is because I'm not interested in him feeling charged up and all excited and motivated and going out and really crushing the next week. What I'm actually interested in is for him to have a roadmap to success for the next several years. So it's not just about him feeling better right now. It's about really recognizing what are the main lesson or lessons that I can take away from this embody and that way they can succeed on a long-term basis. So I think it's always crucial to not end sessions with I'm feeling better because that's feel good fluff, but I'm actually, I'm feeling much more confident now because I understand how to do this. And this is a long-term strategy that I can use and I can really win consistently. Let's get back to the pod. Be the person that you want to be like, just, you know, follow your process and well, I'm just rambling. So I'd say like, yeah, just, just be who you are. Like this, this, it's driving me nuts being so obsessed with results because it's like just ugh, it's, yeah. yeah um yeah just 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 get back to being who you are because chasing chasing results is like it just leads it's like a life of misery really yeah it's something that you can't control like what i would say like you still want to chase them like, that's who you are you're gonna want to chase so like chase being the best trader you can be not the result. And if you chase being the best trader you can be, that result will inevitably follow. And that's also where you can feel a sense of peace and control because you're like, okay, I can actually do something every day to be that best trader I can. I can't control the market volatility. So that's number one. Yeah. 
Number two, what's a very like simple tripwire that we covered? Um, the VIX, like yeah. below 15. Yep. If it's below Call. 15. Yep. <laughs> cool. And any other takeaways that you have for today? Yeah, no, I think that I'd really like what you said about how I have this, you know, definitely we've, we've uncovered that this fear of abandonment is, is a bit of a tripwire for me and to be just more cognizant of it. Like it is so much wrapped up into this like obsession with results is what, you know, other people are going to think about them when, I mean, objectively it's like, absurd. Like I know where I'm at. They, they don't care at all. Like they know I'm a good guy. They know I'm a great trader. Like they believe in me. They know I'm not being me right now and they just aren't being patient. So like, just stop worrying about what they're thinking and just focus on myself. Yeah. It's great, man. And the last thing like, I'll say, because that, that quote hit for you, like, if you try to get the medal, you'll miss the target. If you aim for the target, you'll get the medal. That's just how it works. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm going to write that down. Awesome. Yeah, I put it on a post-it note. <laughs> Ivan, any last questions for today? No, thank you. I Honestly, I'm really charged up. Like, this awesome. is exactly what I needed. And you're you're pretty amazing to, to just... Appreciate it, man drill down in 30 minutes like that so it's a talent that uh, not many not many people have so i feel very fortunate lucky to have uh, found you i appreciate it man all right man go kick some ass first off i want to give a big credit for dave for this coaching call and how he ran it on his side he was willing to be vulnerable and honest about the things that he didn't feel comfortable with and because he was willing to expose them we were able to work on them and he's able to win that's why he constantly wins so big that's the first big lesson that if you're ever getting coaching yourself the more honest and vulnerable you're willing to be, the more you're going to get out of it. So that's number one. Now, number two, if you feel similar to how Dave was, that sometimes you feel a bit frustrated or a bit anxious about why you're not achieving the results that you're getting, a good question to ask yourself is, what am I focusing on? Am I so obsessed with getting the result that I'm actually not focusing anymore on what I can do to make that result happen? Am I craving to get the medal so much that I'm not actually focusing on the target that I need to hit in order to get that medal? It's a very powerful question. So if you feel like you have a lot of things going around in your head and you're not able to focus on what you need to do, settle yourself down ask yourself, am I focusing on the metal or am I focusing on the target that I need to focus on? Aside from that, I hope the podcast was helpful, guys. I will see everybody next week. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamumryan.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. 
It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.